sponsored by Epic Merch Store, an amazing website supporting the worldwide punk rock scene where you can find tons of merch for bands like Good Riddance, Dead by Stereo, Much the Same, Kool-Aid, Friends of Rum, Useless ID, Voodoo Glow Stalls, and a lot of smaller bands that you need to discover. They've also recently added some official Tony Sly merch. You can find t-shirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, and kids merch with exclusive designs, all with a flat rate shipping cost, which is very great. So if you're addicted to band merch like I am, go to epicmerchstore.com. Hello, hello, welcome to the Bond Rocket Show, episode 49. My name is Emily Plamondon, I live in Quebec City in Canada. I'm French-Canadian and I'm also very passionate about punk rock music. This week my guest is Arturo from the band Audio Karate. They're gonna release a new album soon called Ultra. So I wanted to know a little more about it and we talked also about many other things, including the history of the band. I am also gonna refunk Minju, the band Digression from Vancouver, Canada. And I'm also gonna play a new song from the band Love 40 Down featuring Mobina Galore. The show is starting now, let's go! Hello my friends, how are you? I'm doing good. Life is good. Right now it's Saturday morning. I'm about to go have a coffee with one of my friends. So I think it's going to be a good day. I've been losing way too much time recently watching some live footage of the protest in Ottawa. Um, if you want to know my opinion about it, I'm talking about this topic, I think, two episodes ago. I haven't changed my mind. And the only thing I could add to this is that I really hope that everyone stays safe, even if I disagree with the ultimate goal of this protest uh, and about some crazy shit I heard from people in in this movement gosh but yeah i still hope that everyone is going to be safe and that they're gonna go home peacefully so far i didn't see any confirmation about severe injured or dead people which is a good thing and i wish it could stay like this and i also wish that those people will maybe realize that We are not living in a real dictature or tyranny like they love to say. So I wish everyone could have more nuances, you know. Yeah, on every side, I think we all need more nuances. That's what I can add <laughs> to my <laughs> opinion today. But like I said, we are um, on February 19th right now on Saturday. I don't know how things are gonna be after I record this podcast. All I hope is everyone stay safe and maybe we could find our peace again in this country. Yeah, it's a sad week. I'm happy. I'm always a happy woman, but it's a sad week. <laughs> yes, because of those protests, but also because I was supposed to see a William scream twice. But it was postponed in May because of COVID. Oh, I can't wait until May. I'm happy they still um, plan to do two shows in a row. I can't get enough of a William scream so I could follow them on tour for 100 days, 1000 days, a million days in a row. I wouldn't be tired of seeing them live. Oh no. 
And also, I'm very happy because the government of Quebec will uh, soon end the vaccine passport and venues restriction too. So it's going to help a lot of punk rockers' mental health because we could we we will finally be able to see some live shows all together. And I have hope that we will have an amazing summer of punk rock festivals in Quebec, in the province. Oh, I see some lights after the tunnel. Is it the expression in English? <laughs> I think yes. Okay, and before we start the episode, I just wanted to tell you that almost every Sunday night from 6.30 to 7.30 East, I usually do some Facebook and Instagram lives and we are building a weekly punk rock playlist together that I play on my radio show. And it's really, really, really fun to spend an hour with you talking about punk rock music, playing some songs together, taking your requests. It helps me to build killer playlists every week so uh, check the links uh, in the show notes so you can have access to my Instagram page and the Facebook page too The first repunkmentation for today is for the fast and melodic punk band called Digression and they are from Vancouver, Canada They were formed about two years ago. They released an album, three music videos, and good news, they are working on a new record. Yes, because when I watched their videos, I was so shocked because it was so fucking good. <laughs> so I was super happy to hear that they're working on new material. I can't wait. They are writing some serious songs, but also some songs about jokes or irony. And you know what? Life is about exactly this, a mix of serious things and some jokes. <laughs> Let's listen to their song in honesty. It's so good. I recommend you to check their videos too. And you can count on me to keep you informed about all their projects.
now it's the time to listen to the interview I made with Arturo from Audio Karate. I love this band and I had a lot of fun doing this interview. We talked about the history of the band, the mistakes on their Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, you'll figure out. We also talk about the new album, Otra, coming in March. And that was a very great moment. I had a blast. And I realized I could have seen them many times, but I'm not sure I did. <laughs> I think I have a malediction about seeing them. Happens to me all the time. Like, it's the same thing with Descendants. During the interview, you're going to hear the song Lovely Residence featuring Emily Whitehurst of Tsunami Bomb. Enjoy. Hi, Arturo. Hello, can you hear me okay? Yes, but I can't see you yet. Right. Oh, I see you now. Hi. Hi. Cheers. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Good. So thank you for being here. I'm very happy. First time we talked. Yeah. Good. Uh, wait, there's we're, we a... are fam we're familiar with your podcast though. We've been listening. Oh, thanks. Sorry, there's some snow trucks. Can you hear that? It's like no, I can't. <laughs> I feel it like a hard earthquake right now. <laughs> where where are you in in uh, where are you? I'm sorry, in I'm Canada, in right? Quebec City, Canada. Yeah. Quebec City, that's right. Yeah, and you? I am just outside of Los Angeles. Oh yeah, that's what I thought, California. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, so you're in the in the suburbs. Yeah, in the suburbs. Yeah, we don't Ooh. we don't get a lot of we don't have any snow trucks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's not a problem for us. No, no. Maybe you should have one or two just in case. <laughs> right, you never know. Because a little snow could paralyze the entire yep. state. Cli cli climate change, who knows where it's going, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Good, so um, today I mostly want to talk about the new album, but also I would like to do an history of the band uh, just to refresh memories to the listeners. So, um, sure. But maybe you can start with talking to the listener about your own beginning with punk rock, your own influences. How was the scene where you grew up? So. Sure, absolutely. Um, so my, my introduction to punk rock was I was 12 years old. This would have been, mm. I'm dating myself here, but this would have been the early 90s. It really starts with the alternative rock of that era. So talking about like Rage Against the Machine and mm -hmm. Nirvana and Pearl Jam, that was my first like kind of aha moment where there was something alternative, you know, there was something yeah. else, you know, um, I hadn't discovered like the underground yet. And then through that, I was able to ultimately discover punk rock um, not only of the present time, which at that time it was the mm -hmm. big thing was kind of the fat records bands like uh, Lagwagon and No Effects, and also kind of the lookout bands like Screeching Weasel oh, yeah. and, and bands like that. Yeah, Screeching Weasel, that's an old one, right? Um, and then, um, so basically uh, in junior high is when I met the guys that ultimately formed Audio Karate. They were already playing together. Um, I heard them over the phone Uh, play and I got really jealous that I wasn't in the band <laughs> oh so I think within a yeah I was like and I was like very ambitious in retrospect like a 12 year old or 13 year old like I told myself like I'm gonna join that band I don't know how but if it's the triangle or whatever I'm gonna play I'm gonna play and so I picked up the guitar I think a few <laughs> months later uh luckily picked it up pretty quick and then I think within a year by the time we were all freshmen in high school I joined the band um So at the time, uh, luckily, there was a, a punk rock scene, like a really vibrant punk rock scene in East Los Angeles at that time. Mm -hmm. um, it was all just backyard shows. Um, 
So there was essentially a scene where we were able to kind of put ourselves into it immediately, start, start playing. Um, we were pretty young. We were 14. Wow. Most of those people at those punk rock shows were either like the, the seniors and juniors or like 17, 18 year old and like adults. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty funny in retrospect. Like, you know what I mean? We stuck out because we were so little. And yeah. I think because of that, because those were actually pretty dangerous shows. Like they got pretty rough sometimes. Like people would get stabbed. There'd oh, be like beatings. Yeah. Cops would always come. <laughs> it was a rough, it was a rough scene. But I think luckily because we were so small and we were a band and I think we played covers that everybody likes. Oh, um, <laughs> that's the they, trick. They kind of looked out for us. You know what I mean? Like people like, hey, those, that's the, those are the 14 year old punk rockers. Like let's leave them alone and not pick on them. You know what I mean? So I think we were lucky that we were so young because they took it easy on us, basically. Mm. Did you witness some crazy sh- stuff happening um, when you were that young? <laughs> yeah, there there was definitely some some scary stuff that oh. went on. Yeah, I won't go into details, but no, no, it's yeah, fine. I definitely saw some stuff where I'm like, yeah, I never saw anybody get killed, but some yeah, definitely saw some really ugly fights and uh, some pretty scary stuff. When yeah, you were... it was it was a rough, it was when... a rough scene, and you were very young, so it could have. I was really little, yeah. But I, I think it kind of gave us sort of the grit that we needed. You know, it kind of toughened us up pretty quick. Like, mm-hmm. hey, if, if we're going to be a band, like it, there's going to be rough shows and there's going to be there's going to be this is a, a this is a gnarly scene. This is punk rock, like good or bad. This is part of this is part of it. So um, mm-hmm. obviously, once you actually become a band and you're actually touring in venues, it's a lot better and it's not that dangerous. But I think it set us up and kind of gave us the grit that I think we needed. Mm-hmm. And um to, to kind of convince us, like, hey, if you really want to do this, this is part of it. You know what I mean? Wow. I thought you were in the band since the beginning, but you joined them very quickly. But I, I thought you started the band. No, no. So, yeah, it's originally the drummer, uh, Gabe, and the and the bass player, Husto. They've been friends since they were, like, five. Oh, so okay. sometime around, like, 10 or 11 years old, they start picking up instruments. So by the time I heard them about, again, 12 or 13 they were already pretty good. Like it wasn't like hearing like, you know, like, oh, that's cute. You're learning to play guitar. Like, I'm like, these are 12, 13 year old kids in retrospect could already play their instruments. Like they were already mm-hmm. like jamming. Yeah, they just, what they needed was songs and they didn't have the songs. And that's kind of when I came in and like, hey, I've, ah. got, I've got songs. Like I, I got an idea. Oh, that's and great. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't even the original singer. The original singer was another one of our friends. And then when we went, when we all graduated high school, he went to the Navy. And that's when I took over as singing. And I think that's around the time we were like, all right, well, let's get a little serious and, and actually record a demo and see where this goes. Wow. And I love that you, you said also uh, in the story that uh, you were very young. The scene was crazy. Some very some violence was happening, but you had a lot of other bands older than you to be like your big brothers. <laughs> Maybe yeah. like protecting yeah. there you. Was, there was that. I yeah. That. And there was, there was some protection, like, you know what I mean? So it was like, all right, yeah, we're not, we're not going to beat these guys up. And they play Screeching Weasel covers, so they're cool in our book. You know what, I mean? <laughs> <laughs> what was that cover? Oh my gosh. You know, it's funny. Um, we didn't do a lot of the popular ones. We did, um, I don't want to say the name of the title because it probably didn't age well, but it's, it's their song, no, it's not fine. ours. It's, it's that song, um, I Want to Be a Homosexual. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's that one. I had a, um, uh, that's so funny because I know a lot of songs. Uh, maybe the as people educate themselves, they would right. not write the same thing. But I think in the context, uh, we're fine. Like, right? Yeah. We all understand that now. We wouldn't say those things, but yeah, right? I yeah, get it. and we probably wouldn't play that song. Yeah. But as fourteen-year-olds, we just thought it was like a fun song to play and was catchy. You know what I mean? mm, and we did totally. hate suburbia. 
um, mm-hmm. and a couple other deep cuts. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. And then, so uh, it's interesting because am I right? But you never changed the lineup of the band. You were always together through the years, even like after the hiatus. You you always been correct. Yeah, the the. The Karate has always been the original four members. I mean, once the band actually got like serious again, this is after high school and I became the singer. Yes, that that yeah, lineup yeah. That's what has I never mean. has oh, never changed. Yeah. That's great. We fired our drummer for like five minutes, <laughs> <laughs> and we uh, we played one show without him, really? and that was it. Tech- and that was it. <laughs> so I'm being full transparency. Yeah, technically we fired our drummer, and he did not take it well. Sorry, Gabe. Love you. Um, And we played one show without him, and then that was it. And then he came back in the band. This is fucking funny. I love this. Well, it can happen to all the bands. So <laughs> five minutes. Okay, it happens. Yeah, <laughs> and it was tough, and it was not easy to fire him. And that because we were like, yeah, we're like brothers. You know what I mean? So that was yeah. a big like. It is like a marriage. So it was like a you're you're divorcing your family a little bit, and uh, <laughs> he slept. But on he, the- he came back. It's fine now. <laughs> he slept on the couch for a night, and then. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, we had a fight. And we realized it was a mistake and like, hey, let's work it out. And now we're fine. Yeah. We okay. went to therapy yes. like Metallica <laughs> and it's all good. And you had a great makeup show after. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's funny. Uh, so, but then you, you, so you already knew some Fat Records band. You already knew the scene. And then I feel like you, like you had a very good success. You started to tour with bands like... Mm-hmm. Blink-182, The Atteries, I think No Effects too. So how did you end up being in that? uh, Yeah, like the next step of the band, right? Yeah, Yeah, it's crazy. Um, So yeah, after high school, we start getting serious. We record a demo. It was like a $100 six-song demo. Mm -hmm. I think it was mostly recorded live. We start, you know, selling it and sending sending it to anybody that would listen. We played anywhere and everywhere we could. We played at churches, backyard parties any venue that would take us anywhere we could travel out of town uh long story short Mm -hmm. um i meet i met chris rowe at a uh, from the ataris at a at a show Mm -hmm. and he was sitting there watching a band and i recognized them and he had a like a satchel like a bag and and with him you know what i mean and i was like well if i give him this demo at the very least I'm not forcing him to like hold it in his hand he can just put it in his bag so that's why i thought so it's not rude Yeah, yeah so i went up to him I mean, the the little crappy demo didn't even have our band name. I think it just had my telephone number. This is like the 90s. So this is not like, not everybody oh, yeah. had an email yet. I gave it to him, didn't think anything of it. I came home from work, I think two weeks later, and there was a voicemail from Joe Escalante of the Vandals, who nice. owns Kung Fu Records. Yeah. And he's like, hey, Chris <laughs> gave me your guys' demo. I like it. And um, let's talk. And that was kind of the start of everything. Wow. I think we got signed to Kung Fu maybe within a year. Mm. And how was those tour? Like the first time you knew you would tour with Blink 182, for example, they were okay. So I'm gonna, I'm not- gonna, I'm gonna totally, I'm gonna totally admit something. So we've never actually toured with Blink 182, but it's, it's on our Wikipedia. Yes, it's on your, but <laughs> it's, it's in our Wikipedia. We, I don't. At some <laughs> point, we were probably should be responsible for removing that, right? But I just don't think secretly we want to remove it because we're like, well, I mean, somebody put it in there. And we, you know, we, we're not going to be the ones to remove it. It's like oh. we should remove it, but we don't want to because oh, secretly funny. we want to take credit for it. I, okay, but everybody else on that Wikipedia, though, is true. We did tour with. 
what uh, so how would you have been reacting if you knew you would tour with Blink 182? <laughs> that would have been amazing. Yeah, like we and we've met some of them and like Travis Barker came to our show once and actually liked our band. So we sort of were hoping one day we would tra- uh, tour with Blink, but it just never happened. Okay, so who who did you tour with? Like Tsunami Bomb for sure. Tsunami Bomb. Yeah, we toured with the Ataris. I mean, um you know, if you count if you count the Warp Tour then that's where all those big bands yeah, come in sure. too. Then you then you're talking about Bad Religion and you're talking about No Effects and Oh hey, can you hear me? I can't hear you. I can't hear you now. It's weird. Hello. Is that better? Oh uh, yeah, you're back. There you go. Okay. Okay. Talk- Sorry about that. Good. Okay. So Yeah, yeah. So it was the bands in the Kung Fu umbrella. So obviously that's um, Tsunami Bomb, uh, the Ataris, Mm -hmm. and the Vandals. Uh, Vandals. We toured with a bunch of bands. I mean, we toured with uh, Rufio, uh, Yellow Card, uh, played shows with Thrice. Um, Yeah, you name it. I mean, we were just in that scene at that time, that early 2000s kind of punk with a little bit of sort of the emo kind of stuff too. So you name it, we probably toured with them. Blink-182 might be the only band we didn't tour with, actually, now that I'm thinking <laughs> about it. That's why you put it in the Wikipedia. It's like a call. That's why, yeah, it, it just got put in there, and I don't know who put it on. It wasn't us. All I'm saying. So you could reach them and say, hey, we should go back on tour together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was super According fun. to this, we toured together, and we did it. So it was like, fun. You know, you know, yeah. Don't make us out to be liars, dude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um... Is it true that you also played at the the equivalent of uh, the Warped Tour in Japan? Uh, we did, yeah, yeah, we did wow. the the in, inaugural the uh, J- Japanese Warped Tour, which was super fun. Yeah, that was what um, Andrew WK, the Vandals, mm. Thursday, Poison the Well, um, Useless ID. I'm I'm sure I'm forgetting bands. I sorry, but that was wow. tremendously fun. Yeah. Have you ever played here in Quebec City? I don't I don't think I've ever believe, seen you. I think we checked. I'd have to check. I'd have to check the history. But I believe we did play Quebec City when Warped Tour came through and maybe in 04. Oh, so I was there probably in Quebec City. You probably City. were there and you probably did not care and did not see us. And that's totally fine. No. <laughs> what band did I see? I knew. I remember I was late for Mill and Colin. I arrived at the last song. <laughs> Oh, nice. There was MXPX. There was My Chemical Romance that I skipped to discover the band The Swellers. I don't know if you know that band. Oh, and yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So it was, the, I think it was the last time Quebec City had the Warp Tour in 2004. The next year in two, gonna, yeah. two, 2005, I was, I was in Montreal. Oh, okay. I'm going to double check just because I don't want to be wrong. And we're already <laughs> uncovering that we're liars about the blink thing. So. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna double check my resources and uh, yeah I have the worst memory when it comes to that stuff. So. I want to add this uh, Quebec City date on your Wikipedia, please. That's right, yeah. And we did do I think we did like Vancouver when mm-hmm. again it was we did the portion of Warped Tour that went through Canada, so we definitely played like uh, Toronto and I believe Vancouver mm-hmm. as well. Good. Uh, and then you had a, a hiatus, a, a very long one. So what happened? Very long. Your drummer, well, your drummer kicked you all. <laughs> Um, You know, it's just what happens to bands, you Mm -hmm. know, and especially smaller bands like ourselves, you start touring relentlessly to the point of exhaustion. Yeah, sort of the writing is on the wall, you sort of start seeing, hey, you know, we're playing, we're playing, you know, Boise, Idaho, 
uh, this is our fourth time and, mm-hmm. you know, oh, more yeah. people aren't coming to the shows. Mm-hmm. And you start kind of starting seeing the results kind of starting to wear to wear off and, and you really wonder at what you're doing as a band. Uh, so I think that was part of it. And it's mm-hmm. just, you know, and you start thinking like, hey, you know, I've got a girlfriend and I probably need to get a real job. And, you know, this band thing isn't working out. So I think it organically just kind of dissolved. We called okay. it a hiatus. I yeah. mean, in retrospect, we really did just break up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But fast forward. Um, so that was probably what, 06, 07. So sometime mm-hmm. around 2016, 2017, we get approached by a label, uh, Wiretap, Wiretap Records, about releasing yes. our first record on vinyl. Yeah. Um, just before that, one of our other bands, uh, a band called Indian School, had played Riot Fest in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And we... Um, our guitarist, Jason from Audio Karate, we looked like he was going to fill in on bass for a second for our bass player due to like a work issue. And it was the first time we were all in a room together. We oh. hadn't been in a room together together in like 10 years. So that got rid of some of the awkwardness. Like, okay, we can <laughs> all be in a room together. We're all still brothers. Everything is all good. So then I think within a year, that was when that label wiretap reached out to me about doing Space Camp and Vinyl. And so when he asked, hey, I know you guys haven't played together in a long time, but what do you think about playing some shows? And I'm like, well, we've yeah. just gotten a room together and we didn't kill each other. <laughs> um, so sure, why not? And that was it. That was, it was as simple as that. It's just like, sure, yeah, it feels like the right time to do it. And we're all cool. And I think we can, we're up for it. Wow. And that's it. Yeah, the rest right. is history. As they yeah, say. exactly. It's, it's amazing that a vinyl release, it's not even like a new complete album. You didn't write new song, but a vinyl no. release made you be back together, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it was, yeah, it's like, it was just everything kind of, the timing was just right again because we had been talking again. Yeah. And the right label came along and willing to kind of say, hey, like, we'll, we'll do the legwork. We'll put the vinyl out. You guys just play a couple shows. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't think anybody gave a shit to be honest like i was like we'll play shows but like yeah i don't know that anybody cares and he's like i think you'll be surprised mm-hmm. like, okay <laughs> and uh yeah sure enough we played our first show and it sold out like it was like okay wow. so there's there's still fans yeah i was like and then like um the fest in florida reached out and we're like we got we want you guys to play and descendants reached out and we're like hey oh, come yeah. open for us and i was like holy moly wow that what fest did you play We played, it's called The Fest in Gainesville, Florida. Yeah, but which, which uh, year? We did, again, I'm terrible with years. I apologize. I'll double check and my guitar is going <laughs> to be pissed if I missed the year. But I believe we did 2018 and 2019. Gosh, I was there. <laughs> you were there? You yeah. were everywhere that we are. And yet. What, but what venue? Yeah, we, I'm not sure. What, what venue? 2018. Oh my gosh! Anyway, that's I'm the that's worst. just it's just detail yeah, that I want to remember. Yeah, we, <laughs> I want to say 2019 was a piano bar. I forgot the name of it, but I know it's a piano bar. And 2018, I can't remember, but it was we played with like Such Gold and Tsunami Bomb. They played that same night as us in the same venue. Oh, my! So uh, I'll you check. Keep missing us. God, I have a malediction. Are you are you going to fest uh, this year? I wait, maybe, maybe. It's okay. so much fun. Yeah. I also really love the Puzza Fest in Montreal. It's exactly the same festival concept. I've heard like, that. Yeah, someone told me like that Puzza Fest. Like, oh, it's a lot like like fest. Someone was pitching it to us about going. Very great. That'd be yeah. cool for us to do. Hopefully, someone asks us when is Puzza Fest. 
It's in May in Montreal. In May? It's, it's okay. usually the third weekend of May because we have a, a vacation day in Canada. Oh, really? It's That's a day cool. off. Yeah. Good. So, and now we're in the present and <laughs> you're going to release a new, a new album too. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it. Otra? Or That's yo. exactly how you pronounce it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Nice job. Yeah. You speak three languages now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oof. I need to improve my English before starting a new one. But... Yeah, your English is great. You speak two languages. That's more than most people. I speak two languages. So yeah, we should yeah. be proud of that. Oh, thanks. Um, and I think it's a collection of uh, older stuff, uh, stuff you never released before, stuff you released. Correct. So how did you choose the songs to, to put on, on this record? Um, good question. Um, so yeah, it was, it was the unreleased B-sides from our first record, Space Camp, the unreleased material from our second record, um, Lady Melody, and then mm -hmm. the unreleased stuff from our third record, Mala. So it's basically, it, it, it was just more of like, hey, here's the two or three songs from this, the two or three songs from that, and the two. So it was just everything left from those records that is now we're releasing for the first time. So that's really it. It's just the three records we've done and all the unreleased material. Yeah, and it's a, it, it will be also on the vinyl. It will be on vinyl, yes, which is coming out in March. Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's all it's all pretty old. The only new thing we did was uh, having um, Emily Whitehurst from formerly yes. of Tsunami Bomb sing vocals on one of our songs. That's new. So, so she just good. did that like a, a year or two ago. So good. I'm so happy to see this uh, this great collab. And you you toured with Tsunami Bomb. So when she was yes. at the vocal, I guess, yeah. Yeah, it was an easy, obvious choice. Like, we're like, this kind of could benefit from another vocal. And we're like, let's get M. And we're like, okay. And she said yes. And we're like, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, what is her, her, her band right now? I forgot. Boulevard. Uh... Uh, so she is in a band called Survival Guide. Survival That's Guide. That's it. Right I should invite her on the podcast. Could you be... absolutely should. And oh, we're, yeah, we're playing with her in LA. She's doing our album release next oh, month yeah. in March. Nice, that's so cool. Good. Um, yeah, we are very old friends and we love her very much.
And you worked with Bill Stevenson. You worked at the Blasting Room for this record. So what what did they do? Because the the songs were probably already like recorded, and so they mm -hmm. just remixed it. Were you there with them? How did it work? No. So I mean, the they didn't they did not um, work like do any like uh, additional touches to this. This is the original recording, mm -hmm. mixed and mastered from '04 from from yeah. uh, when we went to the Blasting Room to do Lady Melody. Yeah. It's just, mm. a, yeah, again, I think, well, we might have mastered everything, like done like a, re, a digital remaster, but that oh, was okay. us, like we just did that. Oh, cool. I, I would love know. to go back to the last room. I hope we can one day, but. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's, it was the original. I get it. Oh, no. Yeah. It's all original. I think, again, the only thing we did as an additional touch, aside mm -hmm. from Emily's vocals, is I think we remastered the whole thing as a whole, just to yeah. kind of sound like it belongs together. Sure. Good. And uh, you're in the, uh, are you in the documentary about the Blasting Room? I think you are. We, we are, yeah. Jason and Gabe from the band did some footage. Um, I unfortunately was not available. I was on vacation. Oh. I wish I had been on it, but I didn't get a chance. Um, we did some footage because we did, we played the, um, like a Blasting Room anniversary show in Colorado with Descendants and Rise Against. Oh. And they did some footage there, so I might be on it. But in terms of like, actually like uh, the documentary and the interview, that was done by some of our guys, yeah. So that'll be cool. I'm looking forward to that coming out. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm excited to see. I interviewed, yeah, I know. I interviewed the producer of this movie, so... Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw that on your list. Yeah, I meant to check it out, but so, I didn't get a chance. So, such a great punk rocker, super passionate about this. And it's right. like, a, I wish I could visit the Blasting Room eventually. I need to go I, yeah, anyway it, to Denver. It's it's great. It's so fun. It's like a like a punk rock museum, too, with all the posters yeah. and all the gear. There's so much history there. It's great. It's a it's a really nice studio, too. It's just nice. Like it's they've done yeah. They've done so much work to it. Ah, yeah, I really want to do that. It's on my punk rock checklist before I die. <laughs> It's actually a very cool city too. So even if you like did go to like Fort Collins, mm -hmm. it's a really fun city. It's like a college town. Uh, so it's very like vibrant, lots of great restaurants, a lot of cool like bars and stuff too. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Definitely recommend it. Totally. Good. So we will definitely check this vinyl, this release for Otra. I'm excited about Otra. this. So Otra. So it's uh, mm -hmm. mid-March. Mid so it's coming pretty soon. And we there's already two singles available at the t by the time we're recording this. That's in right. Including the song with Emily from Tsunami Bomb. Yep, Lovely Residence, it's called. Good. And um, before we go, um, do you have any music suggestions for the listeners? Something that influenced you? Music suggestions? You or... Wow. Yeah. Um, gosh, I, I usually try to keep my ear to the ground and listen to new music as much as I can, but mm -hmm. I've been so busy with work that I have not. I've gone kind of more back in the past. I will just say what I'm listening to right now, which yeah. I'm listening to a lot of the band Squeeze. It's an 80s band from England, which hmm. you've never heard, is nope. really fantastic. And a band called The Growlers from LA. That's the that's what I'm listening to right now. Good. Thank you so much, Arturo. It was an amazing time with you. I hope next time I could see you. <laughs> I yeah. definitely next will check you, yeah, what happened you... at the fest. But you know, the fest, they have like, nine venues I'll check that oh the sound is 
gun again. Some... I can't hear you. That's weird. Oh, yeah, there you ah, go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. I think it's my internet. No We problem. pay for the, the, cheap, the cheap subscription ah, of Wi-Fi. <laughs> good. So tell me if you, if you come play in Quebec City. I'll be there for sure. And awesome. Thank you so much. Have a great, great day. Yeah, And awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, I can't believe they never played with Blink-182. I'm such a fool. <laughs> the last song for today is for the band Love 40 Down. It's a punk rock band from Germany. I think they were formed in 2017 or so. And their bio says their style is between punk rock romance and fist-in-the-air sing-alongs. <laughs> I love this. I think it's a very accurate description from what I heard. The band is also very political and talk about many important topics such as anti-fascism, environment, feminism, LGBTQ rights, animal rights, etc. Their second EP, Don't Be a Stranger, will be released on Spam Records in March 2022. And I absolutely didn't know this band until I listen to their new song Flares featuring Mobina Galore. Let's listen to it right now. It's such a good song.
Punk Rock News with Emily Plamondon. Simple Plan released a new song featuring Derek Wibley of Sum 41. The title is Ruin My Life. Simple Plan will release an album this year. And also I need to mention that I miss the original lineup of Reset. <laughs> Even if the new one is great too. But you know, we're nostalgic sometimes. The Canadian band The Real Mackenzie's announced a new release. It's gonna be a greatest hits album. It's called Float Me Boat. And there will be 23 of their songs. It's gonna be out on March 18 on Fat Records. You can now listen to the new Anne Beretta album on Bandcamp and uh, I think everywhere. It's so good. It's called Rise. Such a great album and you also absolutely need to check their song they made with Thomas from Strike Anywhere. Ignite released a music video for their new song this day of their upcoming self-titled album that is going to be available on March 25th. And Turnstile released a new music video for their song Underwater Boy. Thank you so much, Funk Rockers, for listening to the episode. Thank you to our sponsor, Epic Merch Store. Thank you to Scott Alquist for the edit and co-production. Thank you, Caroline Morin, for the visual you see every week on social media. Once again, if you want to support the show, you can subscribe and share it to your friends. You can give me some feedback. You can also subscribe to the Patreon page to have access to my Zoom interviews videos in advance and some exclusive content. You can also make a one-time donation on PayPal and buy me a coffee. It's super helpful to help me assume all the fees for the podcast. Next week, it's going to be a surprise because I don't have a clue what I'm going to offer to you. <laughs> But I'll make sure you'll have a good time next week too. Thank you so much, guys. See you next week. Punk your life! <laughs>